tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome to the Village Vision Podcast, where community, collaboration, and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison, and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences, we'll showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with Dr. Marjorie Ono. Dr. Onos is a researcher, speaker, and consultant on accessibility and inclusion. She teaches organizations and educators to find solutions and build environments that are accessible, inclusive, and welcoming to young families with disabilities. Welcome, Dr. Onos. Thank you so much for the invitation. I look forward to our conversation today. Absolutely. I really am excited about talking about your current work as a speaker and as a consultant, very important work. But before we go there, I really want you to share with our listeners the why behind your work today, your personal story, if you will, as I'm sure you know, many of us who are working in in different sorts of social impact areas, there's always a why. So can you share a little bit about your personal story with us? Certainly. When I was about 20 years old, I met two women that were very significant and that led me to entering a career that was very obscure at the time, which was Mm -hmm. to work with parents with intellectual disability. And so I did that for about 15 years and was well connected internationally with different professionals and researchers. And I was so encouraged and amazed by their parenting and their will to be the best moms for their children that I thought, well, maybe I could also be a mom. And I, and I wanted to be a mom, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I had my son. And one day on my way to work, I was in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And in the car accident, I sustained a spinal cord injury. Mm-hmm. My son at the time, for whom I'm the only parent, was 16 months old. And I felt like my personal life had crashed into my professional life because all of a sudden I was talking about parenting with disabilities, but I was also sort of the parent with a disability. Right. Um, And so my purpose in life and my voice just became amplified because of my lived experience. Sure. Sure. You know, the combination of that being a new mother and having an injury like that, and ultimately being in a wheelchair, that must have had a profound impact on not only your physical health, but your mental health at the time, I'm sure. 100%. It was just, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was just way too much because I was, just like you said, a young mom, first-time mom, a kid who was just about to get to the terrible two phase. Right. Um, which he, he let me know was, you know, very much existing. Um, and, and just learning about my body and how my new, well, it was not a new body, it was my body, but 
yeah. like new abilities um, and new ways of doing things. And at the beginning, all I could see was the constant sort of reminder of, oh, I used to be able to do that. Now I can't. Right. Oh, I'm like now grieving this other thing. Um, and so they were piling on, but I was so much focused in terms of like being mom to Thomas and that I was fighting everybody and making sure that all the spaces were accessible. And if they weren't, I would let them know very openly, very, mm-hmm. because it was so important to, to me mm-hmm. to be able to be mom full time to Thomas and not have somebody else to raise him. Um, right. And so I was in fight mode and I was fight right. mode for about five years. I even returned to work in a higher position, so in a higher management position, working with, you know, people with intellectual disabilities and people who are on the autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. And five years after my accident, I just crashed. I just, I think it's like a tsunami, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like it happened somewhere, you know, five years prior that the vague sort of took or like the wave took that much time to to come to me. And when I, it hit, it hit hard. I felt like all the post-trauma of the accidents, but also all the multitude of little losses throughout was just creating this humongous wave and I couldn't breathe anymore. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to be the best mom to Thomas. So mm-hmm. I had to prioritize being mom to anything else. And my health, right. obviously, because we we are as good of a parent, you know, if we are healthy, taking care of ourselves and our needs mm-hmm. too. And sometimes we forget that as parents. Five years of fight mode, as you call it, layered with grief over lots of things, post-traumatic stress disorder, any number of different things. What did that fight mode look like for you? And if you don't mind, what did the end of that, that hitting the wall look like for you? Yeah. So the the fight mode was just me grinding it. Like I would wake up in the morning and I would have that thought I should have died in the car because it was just like daunting, just like thinking of my whole day and having to get up. It was yeah. just daunting. But then I would hear Thomas's voice, mama. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that thought would leave. And so then it was like, I need to get dressed. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to get in my chair. I need to pick him up. I need to feed him. I need to bring him to the daycare and so forth, you know, and my, my right. days were like just packed, 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 packed. And at work, I would get like lots of meetings, lots of people, lots of discussing. And it was great because like the rest of my career before my accident, I was feeling like I could change the world for one client, sometimes two clients, sometimes a group home of a client or mm-hmm. a work site of a client. And so that was like a very exhilarating because I felt sometimes that services and programs were not tailored for me as a mm-hmm. parent with a young child with a, you know, recent spinal cord injury. And so mm-hmm. I felt like maybe I could change the world for somebody else. Yeah. And so, but that, that is a very taxing job because you have to fight, fight, fight for the rights of everybody constantly. And so I was fighting for the rights of my clients, but I was also fighting for my rights outside of my job. And I would come home, take care of Thomas, do all of the night routine, 
hope that he would fall asleep very soon because Mm -hmm. the job that I didn't have time to do during the day, I would bring home and then I would work another two, three hours to try to keep up because I felt like I needed to be like my colleagues working super hard. And because I couldn't do it because I have accommodation needs and I wasn't really taking those into consideration, then I needed to do work at home. And I burnt out. That was hitting the wall and hitting the wall. It's just one morning. I just couldn't get up. Right. And right. it's just that that was it. It, it was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do it because Thomas needed it. So I got Thomas ready for daycare. I told my mom, bring him. And then I went to see a doctor because I just, yeah. there was just, couldn't do anything else. You you literally felt like you hit a wall. Yes, literally. Yeah. 100%. Well, before we start talking about the work we're, that you are doing today, we're going to take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors. And we will be right back on the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Are you experiencing insomnia, brain fog, hot flashes, mood swings, and more? These are many of the symptoms women experience on a daily basis affecting the health of their brain and increasing the risk for dementias like Alzheimer's disease down the road. A healthy lifestyle can make a big difference for the health of the brain, but Brain Love Health took it further and created an innovative nutritional supplement, especially for women, to support us through this transitional time while also promoting better sleep and long-term brain health. Don't wait any longer to help your brain age well. Why let it deteriorate? The health of your brain is in your hands. To begin protecting it today, visit brainlovehealth.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety is in the bag. Welcome back to the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio with Dr. Marjorie Ono. We have been talking about Dr. Ono's background, her personal story. And now I'd like to transition Dr. Ono to talk more about the work that you're doing today, specifically the work that you're doing as an accessibility consultant and as a professional speaker. So tell us what this looks like. You're also a TEDxer and an author. So there's been a, a few things going on for you in the past few years. Yes. Ironically or beautifully, it was after years of, mm-hmm. of being sort of just burnt out. And years, I mean, like we're talking four, five yeah. years. Someone sort of asked me a favor. And it was a friend from high school. And she asked me a favor saying, oh, I have a group of women that talk about sort of women in business and talk about women as mothers who work, we would love to hear your story. 
mm-hmm. would you want to share? Because your story is inspiring to us. And I was like, ah, really? Okay, sure. <laughs> and that started the whole speaking endeavor in my life. Because mm-hmm. I realized in that, you know, simple half hour interview that my story mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not so much about being an inspiration, because I don't really, like, this is not what it's about. But it's actually sharing your voice and sharing the voice of many. I've had many, you know, clients. I know many parents with disabilities. And so it was about sort of recognizing that and being able to say, we need to be heard. But to be heard, we need to speak up. And my voice, because I am a researcher and a clinician or professional, a psychologist uh, in this particular area of research, and also a parent with a disability, all of a sudden, my voice was amplified. And this is what I was recognizing in myself. And so a simple favor for a high school friend became sort of a little bit more of speeches, speaking competition in 2021. uh, That then led me to get to know a speaking coach that helps people build their TEDx speech, which I did, Mm -hmm. which I delivered. Congratulations. Thank you. That has, you know, over 150,000 views in just two months, which is huge. And in all of those speeches, including the TEDx, I'm talking about parents with disabilities. And Mm -hmm. my TEDx actually is what can we learn from parents with disabilities? Because often we have this negative preconception, I think, around parenting with a disability because it just doesn't quite look the same as what we envision parenting is. Um, but in sharing my voice, the stories that I have of uh, different clients um, or, or friends, um, it's really about sort of trying to change that perception that actually parents with disabilities are quite capable and they're very solution focused. And so they find they make it work, mm-hmm. uh, even in a non-accessible environment sometimes. Now, on the consulting side, Dr. Ono, what are the typically the types of businesses that you often work with or you're interested in working with? And what are the things that you do to help them improve accessibility and inclusion? Yeah. So there's two types. One was um, the retail industry. Mm-hmm. So I went from my own experience where I was recently, you know, in my wheelchair, recently disabled, and I would want to go and buy clothes for Thomas. And then I would show up in a store and I couldn't get through the aisles. Sure. So I couldn't pick up his clothes. That led me to changing stores, unfortunately. I really quite like those jumpers, but I had to find another store that would give me something else. And so... Speaking to the retail industry, I felt would uh, change their perspective. And instead of making complaints like I did when I was, um, you know, when Thomas was younger, I now speak to them and sort of work with them in terms of what is needed. You know, if a parent with a low vision would come in, how do they navigate through the store or somebody who is deaf, you know, how would they go through? But mm-hmm. most importantly, because I'm, I'm, someone with a wheelchair, how do you navigate using a wheelchair through through the aisles? So I do that with them uh, through the retail industry. And then because I'm a psychologist and I've worked in management for several years before my accident and a little bit after, 
Mm-hmm. I also talk to HR departments. So anything in terms of managing, you know, employees that may have accommodation needs and to try to work with um, management to try to let them see that people with disabilities is actually an asset to have them as employees. Um, because if anything, they will help us make you know, the built environment sort of more accessible and hopefully sort of attract some loyal customer. Because when you adapt a space, usually people, you know, come back because they know that this space is accessible for me. And so I will make sure that I come back, it makes my life easier in, in a sense. So with some of your consulting clients, what sort of aha moments have they had when you've been working with them? Like, you know, an example of something that they had never even thought about that you brought to light for them and helped them through. Yeah. Well, actually, my example about the aisle being too narrow came from a speech. I was talking to the participants in this conference after they had listened to my speech, and one of them just went straight to me, looked at me in the eyes and said, Before I listened to you, I had never considered that my aisles may be too narrow. And then you spoke of, you know, your child and wanting to to be mom. And I went, oh, I'm pretty sure our aisles are too narrow. And it's funny. And that's why I shared the story now, because this was the exact store that I loved the jumper and that I actually stopped shopping uh, at because truly, the the eyes were too narrow. So that was one aha moment that was quite humorous. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I want to start to wrap up, but I I really want to give you the opportunity because your your book and your speaking, it's it's all about parents with disabilities and and their children. So if you could leave our audience with, with one key thing, what do you want them to know about parents with disabilities and their children? Well, I want people to know that we actually can be quite capable in a disabled body. You know, when we're non-disabled, we may not know or understand that concept, but I'm able to do a whole bunch of different things that I wasn't able to do at the beginning, you know, right after Mm -hmm. my injury. Um, But now I do pretty much anything. I'm very sort of autonomous in my house. So as long as there's an accessible environment, I am quite independent doing my things and taking care of my son. That's fantastic. And and as you mentioned, you you have a great TEDx talk. I know that you've also had a book and you're doing consulting work. What's your your ask of our listeners? How can they follow you, find out the work that you're doing, or even perhaps work with you as well? Yes. Well, I would say start by following me. I'm quite active on social media, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on LinkedIn as well. All of them have Marjorie Onos as a handle, so that's easy. And then if you like what I do, get in contact with me, and hopefully we get to work together on some projects. That's great. And we'll also have uh, all of Dr. Onos' information in the show notes and certainly uh, share all of her social media links when we post the episode. Dr. Onos, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Village Vision podcast. I'm so grateful that you shared your story and experience with our listeners. Thank you so much for what you do, because I think it's a great message 
to remind people that we are a village and we need to work together. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Village Vision Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share all of the things. But thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Village Vision Podcast here on Word of Mom Radio. Take care, and let's keep shining a light on the power of community, collaboration, and care. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. Sure of herself. Yes, she takes care of biz. She is strong.